Are You Not Glad You Changed? by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Religious carnal people never really change. They may bend a little, mainly because of the people around them that they do not want a chance losing, but really change? No. Their knowledge of end-time truth, even when exposed to it, is in their heads, but not their hearts. When put to the test, the fruit of their actions will prove they are bound to the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. They prefer the traditions of man. They choose the intellectual way of solving situations rather than seeking scripture, the commandments of God, or believing the example Jesus set for us as the way we should walk. The religious do not look to the supernatural for help, yet, without knowing it, they are bound and governed by the dark side of it. The religious say they believe in the Lord, but serve Him in a very strange way. They claim also to love Him, but see Him only as their benefactor, what He did and can do for them personally. What ministry they perform for others is mainly to make themselves look good, and they make sure those they want to impress see their efforts. In other words, they try to serve the Lord with works they mastermind themselves and will get the credit for. They mostly choose things they can accomplish without changing their lifestyle or habits. These works are based on the past experiences of man. They do things the way Daddy did it, Granddad did it, or perhaps the way the textbooks from seminary told them to do it. They do not comprehend at all the direction of the Holy Spirit in us, who is the hope of humanity and the real way. What is accomplished by religion is for the most part dead works and will burn up at judgment. On the other hand, the fruit of the Lord's Spirit operating within His people produces godly actions. Their ways are indeed very different from the world and her churches. Their actions are based on His ways, on His commandments, His heart and mind, which is knowledge from the tree of life. The religious may quote, he is the way, the truth, and life, but they do not walk it. Maybe to a begrudging degree they will, but only those concepts that are easy for them without too much sacrifice or change on their part, making them both good and evil, like their father. The religious like to sing their old songs with foundational truth in them that was released ages ago and written specifically for that time. The resulting problem Truth is being released in today's songs that shines a different light on Scripture, reshaping our minds, giving us insight and direction the old songs do not have. The religious simply do not like today's prophetic music. Songs of the world are okay with them, though, and listened to when not in church. What they do not understand, they are being assimilated into Babylon as well as the world through their music which dulls their understanding and blinds them to the kingdom of God. The fact that Satan was heaven's chief musician before he fell from God's grace is of no real concern. Although this is scriptural truth, they do not choose to hear or learn from it. It is not their concern either that music is creative. In fact, the whole universe came into being through it. Now think about the old song, Give me that old-time religion. It quotes, If it was good enough for Daddy, it is good enough for me. Thus more the religious are birthed. 
the world's songs say, I did it my way. So now they are religious and lawless. They are molded by both. The music and lyrics are not God's sentiments at all, and so the songs become the property of the enemy and anthems that create an attitude that is right for the body of Satan, Antichrist. The problem is, the religious love their traditions more than the Lord. You can show them from Scripture where they are wrong, but still they will not change from the pagan rituals or worldly customs they were raised in. These customs and rituals may be wrapped in a few Bible verses, but at best, all of it is religion, good and evil. Take the season we're in, for instance. Christmas is based on the birthday of Jesus, who never celebrated nor left dates for us to. He made no reputation for himself. He was sent here to fulfill God's plans. In fact, if you think about it, he was born into a cursed race of people that he came to die for. He would even have to be born again or baptized to be a perfect sacrifice for our sins. He would be born again completely through God this time. His first carnal birth was solely so he could become flesh, equipping him to be able to function here on earth on our behalf. But his home in glory is in the supernatural. He wants us to remember what He came to do for us. Number one, He had to do all things first to fulfill Scripture, so He had to come in the flesh to be the first to be born again. He then died for our sin, paid our death penalty, and rose the victor. Can you see why He wanted us to remember His death and resurrection? It was through this sacrifice that He made possible our victory over death, hell, and the grave not his first birth. Passover and communion are the commemoration of the sovereign power of God and his victory over the principalities and powers that challenge him and his people. They also call to our remembrance the promises made to God's people in his covenants so we can claim and inherit them. Jesus, our example, who himself said his walk was to be the way we should follow, celebrated Hanukkah or the Feast of Dedication about the same time the religious celebrate his birthday with elves, reindeer, mistletoe, and yule logs. All these things were considered sacred, especially the precious phallic symbol, the Christmas tree. Never mind the fact that the pagans used them in their idol worship. How any of this is related to God makes sense only to those that think from the knowledge Adam and Eve chose for them, and of course, they did not and will not change. It was good enough for Daddy. Yak, yak, yak. Daddy dressed them up at Halloween, too, and taught them about ghosts, witches, and goblins. In fact, dressed them in their image. Today's religious and the world they embrace do the same thing to their children. To not celebrate these holidays, to minds trained by the world's thinking, is to deprive children of their childhood. Or, they will tell you, we are taking it back for Jesus. There is no evidence in the word of Jesus ever celebrating his birth or anyone else's. So how do you take back for Jesus something he never experienced or asked for? 
Of course, many of these minds are a little blurry from the booze at the office party or the family gathering that takes place in the homes of many so-called godly people in the season of the holy birth. The fact that drunken revelry has always been a part of pagan worship also is not a problem to them either. Let's face it, the religious just plain enjoy pagan ways. Historical facts will not even change them. For instance, Jesus could not have been born in the dead of winter, according to the recorded facts that surrounded his birth. But, to those steeped in Christmas tradition, snow itself is too precious to give up. What would their music be like without snow? Let's spray it on the tree, or on a miniature replica of the village of Bethlehem, on the mantle, or make a glittering runway for Santa's deer to visit. The traditions are gleaned from those that worship the sun, not the sun. Bottom line, colored eggs, elves, goblins, and fairies have long ago made stardom in the world's religions, and they will lawlessly alter truth and make excuses to continue their rituals. Why? Because, as stated before, they represent the dark side of the supernatural. That is why the fruit of those that participate in such things is many times anger, drunkenness, lust, and especially perversion of truth. Will anything said in this article change things? No, it would be wonderful if it would. But it is actually written, so the world cannot say it wasn't warned. Each one of us will stand independently before God for our actions at judgment. But honestly, this is written to help strengthen those who have made the correct choice for the tree of life, to walk in truth and follow His way. It is always encouraging to know that there are others out there that are not hypocrites. It is good to know there are actually obedient people that, for instance, celebrate Sabbath just because God says to. People that keep the laws and commandments that God wrote on the hearts of man simply because they love Him and have faith that He knows what is best for them. There are those who not only read Leviticus chapter 23, but believed what was written there and obeyed, as the early church did that walked with Jesus personally. These pray for God's kingdom to come and His will to be done and mean it. They do their best to walk in the revealed end-time message so the Lord can lead His people full circle to perfection and through them bring forth the new heaven and new earth and His kingdom. They are definitely not afraid to change. Babylon, however, will continue in her traditions, false doctrines and lies. Her people will continue to bring their tithes and offerings to make her wealthy. Her leadership will in turn teach only what tickles their ears, so they will grow in great numbers and enlarge her wealth. There are two endings to the story of humanity. Both are found in Revelation. One is found in Revelation chapter 18 verses 8 through 10. It goes like this. Revelation chapter 18 verses 8 through 10. Therefore her plagues will come in one day death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. Remember, in verse 4, God warned, Come out of her, my people. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her. 
when they see the smoke of her burning, standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. Now let us read the other ending in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them, and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. For those that choose to be a part of the latter, let us close by reading Revelation chapter 22, verses 12 through 14. And it says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to every one according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates into the city. Are you not glad you changed?